0: I like oh, I a bit better. As uh, people said, it's uh, for us. It's an, it's an honour to be here, um, and uh, the friendship—and it uh, really is friendship—has developed over the last few years with Pete. And, uh, and it's just, he was a real godsend at the time. together get to we talk, we solve the problems of the world, we create some more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, uh, we drink coffee. We're good at that degrees or master degrees in coffee drinking, um, but it's just an absolute delight, and I appreciate very much um, the kids' heart and the heart of this church as well, and it's just good to be here. So I bring you greetings from our church in Wellington, Wellington CRC, uh, in Vivian Street, and uh, no one seems to know where we are, we had this massive sign on the side of our building that said, the old name is Christian Revival Centre, massive sign. I wanted to move away from Christian Revival Centre because there's a, a cult out there that picks some bizarre stuff that we, we don't want to associate with. But you know the sign is so big you'd think people would see it. They don't. They're convinced, they don't, well, They they don't. My son went for a job interview at university and they said, why are you in New Zealand? We're from Australia, you're probably gathered by the accent. Um, we're from Australia, and so he said, Well, my dad's the pastor of the church in, in the CRC Street. And the woman said, Really, where's that? He's <laughs> like, Where does she live? She drove past there for five years on the way home you know, every single day of the week. <laughs> and so she didn't believe him. She got in the car and drove down to the church and couldn't believe this massive song. So, um, fortunately, we're not paranoid, and not being known is not necessarily a necessary bad thing. But we just recently replaced the sign. Where we can see it's a bit more modern, a bit, a bit cleaner, etc. And I don't think anyone's noticed that either. So, that's <laughs> I mean. but we feel good about ourselves. So greetings from our church. Like you, we're a very cross-cultural church. Uh, high Filipino content. So I'm allergic to rice, um, and uh, they eat a lot of. We do we do celebrations well. We do food well. Um, and uh, we have all sorts of different cultures in our church. It's fantastic. And we, again, we bring a—I a, was going to say—balance to our church being the Australians, but I won't. get Because my throat is that many. <laughs> <laughs> Also, there are rules. I will only preach by, We don't mention the Roman. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like stories? Yeah. yeah. Okay, sure. I thought today to bring. Them again, um, it was interesting that word that came about. Are you weary? Because what can happen as we progress as Christians, as we live the Christian life, is that, particularly in our times today, there's, there's a weight that is being pushed on the church and on Christians. Um, it's, it's almost to stop us enjoying the, the presence of the Lord and the joy of the Lord, you know, culturally at the moment. There's a lot going on. And so when I was invited, I, I really felt to. Just to bring encouragement, and that word just confirmed that. That uh, I want to encourage you into maybe some new things. So encouraging, I'm not just talking about the church. I'm talking about you as an individual. Because I've discovered, as as I've been in the Lord, you know, a reasonable amount of time, is that it always seems to come back to me or you, the individual, doesn't it? I love it when people come and they say here, they say, you know, Pete, uh, The church needs to. Have you heard that? <laughs> the church needs, to, which means. Him. Okay, and so I often say, "Well, that's fantastic. How about you volunteer?" Oh well, no, I don't, you know. oh, <laughs> oh they're gone. <laughs> yeah. But in the things of God, it always comes back to you. Yes, yes. Let me read your passage. This is one of my favourite passages. In you, you you've got scriptures and whatever you read. You you know, palm your iPod. Your, I was going to say palm pilot, but that shows my age. And my <laughs> In 1 Corinthians, in the, you know, we, when we speak of 1 Corinthians, we often go straight to the gifts of the Spirit, don't we? And many people want that in their lives, the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. Who would Who doesn't? But Paul, in his wisdom, as he writes this letter, he provides a foundation on which 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 and 13 are built. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we skip past some of these sorts of these foundational truths, and we jump in and we think, why isn't this really working for me? Where, where is my engagement with the things of the Spirit? Now today, you know, there were singing and there were, there were some prophetic words and so it was fantastic. And so, you know, you're quite rare in that in we hear that today. But I would encourage you, you might be sitting and thinking, well, that's all right for them. Whoever them are, you know, the pastor or the leader or the elders or the whoever. You know, those that have been around a long time. But what about you? Paul makes some interesting statements here. Uh, One of my heroes is a guy called N.T. Wright. And N.T. Wright is um, an Anglican theologian um, who has incredible insight into Paul. Hmm. And I love N.T. Wright because he sees Paul as he sees every other person. He recognises the call of God, but he sees Paul as a human being. You know, we often, some traditions call him Saint Paul. But when you read Paul's writing, yeah. you know, read the, and he wrote most of the New Testament. Come on, let's look at that. There is a humanity there. Yes. And even a struggle. Yes. Romans 7 is classic. You know, the things I want to do, I don't do the things I don't do, they come easy. Mm. Then he goes on and he says at the end of that, but thanks be to Christ. It yeah. brings me out of those things. Yes. And Romans 8 says, There is therefore now no condemnation. So like you and I, the journey. Of doubt and difficulty and, and hope and faith and then struggle and then suddenly Christ comes in and you think, yes, this is where I stand. But many of us only stay in Romans 7, if not in the Roman day. Yeah. And he writes, says, Paul was human just like us. Yeah. 1 Corinthians, verse 17, chapter 1. For Christ did not send me to baptise, but to preach the gospel. And not with eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Verse 18, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the cleverness of the clever I will fall. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe or the lawyer? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe the Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ, Christ crucified a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles, but to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger. than I mean, men. Let's just stop there for a moment. You feel weak. You know, you, we flip on the TV or shine or whatever and we see the evangelists in the great crusades doesn't he a heart leap. One of my heroes is um, Brian Long. He preached to a crowd of over a million people. He saw the Holy Spirit come, and I remember seeing that thing to wave sweep across this crowd of, of brown faces, and it just flowed. You could see the ripple as people were moved by the Spirit. It flowed across, and I remember seeing it the first time, and my heart jumped, and I said, "Lord, why can't I see that?" Now you know I was young and foolish, and And uh, you know, you sort of think, oh my goodness, how would I get there? Oh, I could never do that. But the scripture and what Paul is saying here, he says it's not about wisdom, it's not about cleverness, it's about our vulnerability of actually allowing God to use us in the midst of our weakness and our lack of wisdom. Excellent. It's, our, it's his willingness to actually open us up and say, you can do this, not because you're good enough, smart enough, wise enough, educated enough, but because you have you've invited me in. Yeah. And the Spirit of God dwells in me. How amazing is that? Yeah. If that's true, then why is the church, why are we as the church Bible so it's seemingly powerless? He goes on. But consider your call, brethren, not many of you are wise according to the flesh. That's true, I was born in a place called Taylor Bend in South Australia. Taylor Bend, the highlight of Taylor Bend is (laughs) leaving. It's true. Why do they call it Taylor Bend? Because on the bend of the Murray River, it is a very small town, which has, in fact, the hospital I was born in was actually the Aboriginal hospital not that there's any question about my heredity, but, but it's just this little tin pot, one horse, half a horse, not even a one horse camp. <laughs> that everyone drives through. It sits on the highway when you head somewhere else, that's where you go through. And I remember as a young man surrendering my life to Jesus Christ, saying, Lord, I don't know, I mean, I'm with a tail of bed. What good thing comes out of a Ben? You might be thinking of saying, Well, oh, you know, you knew my family. <coughs> but the scripture, if we believe the scripture, yeah, yeah. your family, although they can be a pain in the neck, and you're scared what I was going to You thought, No, I get <laughs> yeah. But you see, we actually limit. Paul says here, this is foundational. The other stuff comes later. Yeah. But there's a walking through this yeah. to say, you know what? The gifts of the Spirit are there for all people, not just for the special ones. Yes. Yes. The operation of the life in the Spirit is for you and I yes. in our daily walk. I proved it. I was an accountant. Shh, don't tell people. <laughs> I was an accountant. You yeah. know, old accountants never die, they just lose their balance. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's like any fisherman here. Who likes fishing? Hands up. Come on. Oh, that's good. I'm about to insult you. <laughs> <laughs> old fishermen don't die, they just smell it. <laughs> 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 it's true, but I know my own experience as a young accountant had spent weeks trying to solve a, a, a do an end of year balance, and we couldn't do it. Had major issues, so I just said, "Lord, help!" Yeah, it's really theological prayer, you know, prayer. And I had a dream that night of where my issue was, and I went back into the office. I walked straight to where it was, opened it up. There it was that's like in the spirit. That's what Paul's talking about here. It's not the wise, it's not the, the necessarily. And I'm, I, I'm a, a firm believer in education. Get educated as high as you can go, as great as you can go. But I know that we don't live there. Yeah. We live in a place that is another level, another paradigm. We can live in that place. I uh, was an IT guy and so I am still a geek. Um, and uh, I worked for a company who was um, large food company, a couple of billion dollar turnover in out uh, of Sydney, and we did a, a, some upgrades and on a system that was the whole company relied on, and it was my neck on the block because in the second out of five upgrades it failed, so we had five days of hell, working long hours, etc., and that we could not solve this issue. My boss was the CEO of this company. I was the CEO of the company. He, he knew I was a, a Christian. I got to witness to him, share Christ with him. And he was, a, it was an interesting relationship. On the last day, we had uh, an American company online for, for three days. And i mean on the phone. You know, there's like engineers from US and England because they were freaking out. This was failing and we had a major presentation on the Monday following and I'm freaking out too. So I said to the boss on Friday morning, "I'll be late to work." I was getting to work at 6 a.m. because we, had, we just needed the time connection with America, etc. in England. And I sat on the balcony of my hotel and I prayed. I said, "Lord, I have no clue what to do at all. But I am out." So I grabbed my Bible, reading the Bible. And what did I hear? Mark, here is a solution. I heard nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. And I skipped breakfast and all. <laughs> <laughs> so I walk back into the office and I'm standing there and you know you know what they're all these are all guys they've been there for five days so you could smell that they've been there for five days and, the, and there was a tension and I'm standing in the doorway and the room's full and the computer room and a young guy walks in who I contract just to come and do some windows maintenance stuff for me and in my heart and my head I heard the Holy Spirit say ask him." I mean I'm paying him like 50 bucks an hour and I'm paying this guy $500 an hour. If he gets the solution I'm going to thump this guy. <laughs> I, sure. I said to him, what do you reckon? This is the situation. And the kid looks at me, and he was 19, just starting his own business. He looks at me and he says, you know, I read somewhere that there's a file in windows and that, really in the server and if you, it gets corrupted every now. I said, have a look at it. He goes in Shh. and the whole thing came up. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> Yeah, and my heart went, <sighs> but the best witness was this. My boss turned to me in front of him and he says, you've been proud of him. Well done. And my heart leapt again and I said, absolutely. Yeah. You see, this is what Paul is talking about here. The life in the spirit is not just a prophetic word in church. It is that too. It is not just laying hands on the sick. It is that too. Casting out of things, it is that too. But it is also in that moment when you become light in a dark place, and I want to encourage you you in that. Don't care where it is university, home, neighbours, it makes no difference. Work, whatever it looks like for you. But to actually believe what Paul says is that you actually have a role to play because it's not about the wisdom. I pray for wisdom all the time. I'm still waiting. Ask my wife. He goes on. God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak, the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despising, those from tail and bend, even things that are not, to bring to nothing that are, so that no flesh might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom, our righteousness, and sanctification and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him to boast, boast in the Lord. He is the source of our wisdom. He is the source of. This personal. my wisdom. Yes, doesn't mean I always get it right. No, it doesn't. I often miss it. But you know what? What I have found is that as I position myself, yes. I get it more right than wrong. Yes. I had a guy in our church who said to me, I don't believe in the healing. I said, really? Why is that? Oh, I've never seen it. Really? I said, how many people you pray for? For healing? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's really. You know what? I said, this doesn't take great wisdom. You don't need to be a road scholar. But the more people you pray for, the more people yeah. cool. get hit. Oh, well, you know, I'm just, yeah. I'm just... What happens if it doesn't work? We all ask that question. But what Paul is saying here, our source is not how good we can rationalise. Yes. Our source yes. is Christ, yes. who has died for us, for humanity. has died for yes. the worst person you know. Yes. He has died for the guys that blown themselves up. He, he died to rescue people from their own self and the curse of sin that haunts people. Yes. He's the source of my wisdom. Yes. We have to learn to be an engaged and actually bring it into our daily talk and walk yes. and not be afraid. In chapter 2, it says this When I came to you, brethren, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God in lofty words of wisdom. This is Paul. I mean, even Peter says, you know, some of Paul's writings are hard to understand. And some people, you know, mess with it in my words. They, they mess with it. Paul says, This for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ being crucified. And I was with you in weakness, and in much fear and trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom. Listen to this, but in the demonstration of power, this is the, this is the bit that underlined in most of my Bibles, because this is the one that's changed me. That your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men. But in the power of God. 1 Corinthians 2.5. Nowhere is it about just having a good conversation. It is more about our focus being on what Christ has done, what God is doing and wants to do. And Paul says he recognized it because he was an educated guy, probably one of the leading scholars of his time. I love theology. But in fact, I, I default to that theology. I can go and spend. I pick up a book, and then three hours later, I don't know it's three hours. I just—that's me. All right. Some people are not like that, but I also recognise that that's not the default as a Christian. The default as a believer is our trust in Christ yes. and how we actually live that out. So I encourage it up. Yes. You know, you might be facing some tough stuff in your life, some stress. Young brother over here is. I'm praying. We're praying and singing. I had this picture of like a. A, a, a willow that is bowing under the pressure of, a, of the wind. I don't know what that means, but I know that, that a willow will not break under the pressure of wind. A gum tree will, which is rigid and stiff, but if it's the willow, it's supple and it's ready to take on the wind, and you can do it, whatever it is that you're facing. I don't know what you're facing. That picture of just that, that you know, just allow the wind to blow. It's not going to break you, and when the wind goes, you're going to stand up straight. Trouble with a gum tree is they're stiff and harsh and big and tall, and the wind blows and they limbs fall down and they fall over and they don't come back. You can do it. You can make it. I don't know if that makes any sense. Wow. There are lots of questions you we have to face and answer as we go along, and some of those questions, particularly the, the Christians, the question that goes on in our head. I'm not talking about the ones we ask outwardly I'm talking about the ones that we ask inwardly. You know, those questions like what happens if it doesn't happen? <coughs> a little while ago Julie and I were ministering in a church in one of the CRC churches up in Wayufi. And uh, Julie preached and I preached and we had a good great, great weekend. And uh, we asked if there's anyone who wanted to pray. And this woman came forward on <coughs> two crutches, young woman on two like sticks, and you know what went through my head? Please don't tell my church because they'll probably be looking for another leader, another pastor. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, if only she had a cold. <laughs> <laughs> you been there? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, oh no, you know. It's like someone comes without an arm. and think, oh, you—that's where you you pass it to your associate pastor. <laughs> and so this this woman in you know, her probably late thirties. She was a nurse and she had a protruded disc, she'd hurt herself when she was lifting someone and for four months she, they couldn't do anything, they couldn't get back and she was in sheer pain, sweat, you know what it's like pain, sweat she was huffing and puffing and she walked up like a cripple and she stood in front of her and there was just something rose in, uh, in me. and I was like something good's going to happen here and then I heard the Holy Spirit say pray for her knees. Pray for her knees." She's a nurse she knows that your back injury don't pay for knees. My wife's standing there, the pastor's standing there, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, oh, it's, it's, it's got to be too much coffee. Maybe it was the pizza I ate last night. Something wrong. And I heard clearly, like hands on her knees. So I said to her, excuse me, uh, is it alright if I put my hands on your knees? The pastor just about passed out. <laughs> Julie's looking at me. You remember this? And I'm thinking, I just wanna I just want to get out of here, you know. I mean Let me out. And I put my I bent down and I as I put my hand on her knees, her legs went, her back went, and the disc went in. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, yeah, and she dropped her crutches. and was completely And I was seriously relieved. <laughs> and all of a sudden you get a rush of yeah, but what a guy
1: i <laughs> oh, man, I'm oh, a man
0: and then the Holy Spirit says shut up Mark. we've got nothing to do with you <laughs> see what it is it's availability and it is willingness too many people want to preach too many people say I'm called to preach you know what we're called to do? care you know what we're called to do? Pray. For people. I go into hospitals and I pray louder from a ward. Our old senior pastor who's now come to be with Jesus had a stroke. And uh, he was in the up here in the in the high dependency area and he lost his ability to speak. So I took a Bible and I loved the word of God. And I said to him, Can I read the scriptures to you? And there were eight other people in this ward, and he says, Speak. Yeah, so reading, we read Timothy and Thessalonians, and so we just kept reading. And then all of a sudden I realised it got quiet. And I turned around and everyone's looking at us. And I said, oh look, I'm sorry, I hope I haven't disturbed you. And one of the nurses says, no, no, keep reading, we're interested in how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> how many of us would not have read the scripture out loud because we worried about what other people think? When the Holy Spirit says, saying, read aloud! And sometimes you don't even hear that. It seems like it's a good idea, even Acts 15. It seems like good to us and the Holy Spirit. How did they arrive at that? The, the, at the apostles. Well, it seemed like a good idea. And I think sometimes we get past, we, we miss the opportunity. The scripture that is clear for us. I assure you, and most solemnly say to you, anyone, anyone who believes in me. These are revolutionary scriptures. And I'm not just talking about healing, by the way. I'm not just talking about casting out demons. But i actually... This, this entails people coming to Christ, reaching into places that are hard to reach into, into places that are scary for us. Anyone who believes in that will also do the things that I do, Jesus speaking. And he will do even greater things than them. Because I'm going to the Father. And I'll do whatever you ask in my name. This will I do so that the Father may be glorified and celebrate the Son. There's the key to all of this. It's not about I'm the man. It's about thank you, Jesus. That's what Jesus... Isn't it interesting that he calls us to be the hands and feet, the delivery method of the blessing, of the healing? Isn't that... Surely he could have done better than that. (laughs) In my case. You know, you try and speak to someone. You you think, okay, I'm going to talk to them about Jesus. So you get up in the morning and you think, oh, yeah. Uh, I was in Sydney on a conference. I was a general manager with an IT company, and I had a, a, a senior tech, and we had a conference, and we we're going to share a room. And I thought, I'm going to witness to this guy. So I'm working, I'm reading up, I'm praying, I'm like, can you understand me inside? And I'm, you know, so we're in. in uh, the rocks in Sydney under the Sydney Harbour Bridge, this nice motel We share this double room, whatever. Anyway, I start witnessing to him, and he starts witnessing to me. He's a Christian. So we watched the cricket. We sat down and I said, You're joking. He said, No, no spirit filled Christian, I'll be praying, I I to lead you to Christ. It's funny how the Holy Spirit doesn't inform us. <laughs> <laughs> In that moment, you would have had a giggle. <laughs> <laughs> but how many times we sort of mess it up and they're like, never do that again, don't you? Know? I, I, I prayed a man through to death. It was really hard for me the, theologically. As a Pentecostal, it was like, wow, this is hard. You yeah, know, tragically, there was a man who used to sneak into our Sunday night services. And once uh, one Sunday night, I was always at the door, whether it was, I was Pastor or not pastor. I didn't care, I always hung out at the door and welcomed people just because I'm like that. And I'd see them come and go and I'd talk to them, and then one man came and said, and I was the social pastor at that time, he said, Can I see you sometime during the week? Sure. He had uh, liver cancer. And the church he went to refused to pray for healing he for him. Refused. They, they were cessationists. they didn't believe in the gifts of the spirit were for today. And this man was spirit-filled. He'd been an elder in that church for 50 years. And this man was suffering and was facing death. And I said to him, I will meet with you every week and I will pray with you. And we saw improvement, we saw it go worse. And then what stage he realized that his time had come. And was that the comfort for him? Yes. But it was, I believe the Lord was teaching me something about it's his times, purposes, will. And sometimes you just got to let go. Mm -hmm. And it's not about how I look, it's about his will. And I had to learn that. So I prayed this man right through to when he died. Now, the senior pastor of this very traditional church found out about this evil Pentecostal. And I didn't even get they didn't even inform me of his funeral. But I found out. So I turned up (laughs) in honouring my friend who had shared his soul and his heart with me. That was hard. Did I enjoy going to see him? Not really. But something in me said this is the work of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just gotta be there for people. Mm-hmm. And that takes as much faith sometimes as actually prophesying. Yeah. And so I encourage you uh, that man anyway, when I went to the funeral, the funny story was they saw me. <laughs> you know, they have the Pentecostal radar. <laughs> <laughs> and they put me, there's a big church, they put me. Up in the back corner, jammed between the kids and the mothers. <laughs> and I loved everything. Because I thought, <laughs> That's Hebrew for <laughs> So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you into the life of the spirit of love. But our faith is not dependent based on the wisdom of men. Yes. There's a lot of wisdom being thrashed around. Yeah. But our call is to know Jesus and know him yes. and allow his spirit, who he is our wisdom, yes. he is our life, let him be the one that guides us, not to react to this culture, but to actually reach into it, with the, with, not just with wisdom, but with a demonstration of the spirit of power. And some of that demonstration is how the spirit works in my life. Yes. It's easy to pick up a placard and go and protest. I say to our church. Get on your knees. Now I don't know if you're a praying church or not, but I can empty a church easy. Pray (laughs) Tom! Where'd they go? Get on your knees. Invite the Spirit of God to direct you. Wonderful. Last story. Maybe. (laughs) We do as probably do also uh, get involved in overseas ministry. And we've had a long association with the Solomon Islands New Guinea, etc. And, Gideon, et and uh, one of the, <coughs> the demonstration of this scripture, for me, was a night on the side of a hill in a place called Sassau, Solomon Islands. I saw my first crocodile croc. And in the Solomon Islands, they banned all the guns because of the uprising in 2000. And so the crocs are huge. Like he would have me as an entree. This croc I saw it was huge. We're in a little dinghy with six guys on a little boat, boating down a, 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 an estuary, and the boy driving the boat, who was just having a go at me, he said, Hey, close the boat! crocodile. and all! And I'm looking over, and then these two eyes looking at me in the water. And then as we went past, you could see it was very still. <laughs> He was about he was six metres tall. Wow. And I moved to the middle of the boat. <laughs> but the boy at the back says, All right, Pastor no. looks like he's had lunch. <laughs> <laughs> but we were running we Pastor's Conference up there and putting this, teaching this. In fact, the teaching was really about who we are in Christ. Because if we don't understand who we are in Christ, this is just a myth. What Christ has done for us, we teaching, teaching, and teaching. We saw some amazing things happen. And two things particularly that were significant, and it was just because we went there and we believed the scripture, and we took we took our fear and we put it aside. And one night, there's about three hundred people at night from all the villages around, and we got you know generators and mosquitoes, and it's just a crazy place. And uh, this woman comes forward and she had um, bow legs, and she could you know she really bow legs. She was. She could hardly walk. And through the interpreter, she said, what is it? She said, oh, I'm in so much pain. I can't hardly walk. She's 60 years old. She wasn't old, although in the soul, that's old. Most died by the time they are 60. Anyway, so we just lay hands on her and said, Jesus, you, you, you call us to heal. And we're not really sure how to do this, but we believe in your word, and we release healing into this lady's body. that she walk?" she went and danced back to the, the camera. <laughs> <laughs> and the place just erupted. That was fantastic. I thought, wow, isn't that cool? A lady came up and she looked at me. And one eye, she had the white of her eye was yellow, like really yellow, and the color was turned into the middle of her looking towards her nose. And at that point, in my head, I'm thinking, the flu, the flu, the flu, please, the flu. And she was blind. And I've been blind for about 25 years. She was a woman about 50. Anyway, what, what is it? I always ask what it is because you're never sure what people are coming for. Just because they come in a wheelchair doesn't mean that they necessarily want to feel it. They other about it. And so she said, I want to see. And I looked at her and I thought, Okay, what did, Jesus, what did Jesus do? Now, I thought about spitting in the mud. You know, that came to me, but that's my sick Australian sense of humour. They'd <laughs> you know, probably feed me to the crocodile for that. But then I thought, okay, he spoke to it. He would, you know, it, it would, so it, could, it might take a couple of shots, you know, seeing men in trees walking. I thought, okay, this is all going on in my head. And one of the other things was, what happens if it doesn't work? And I mean, come on, that's an honest thing, isn't it? Mm. Yes, yeah, no. right. Sure. And just, again, I just said, Jesus, help us here. I, just help us here. This lady is come in faith. And, and we, we, we want to see her here too. And something rose, and we just sort of knew. And the music was going, and I had a speaker right here, in the solemn eye love this loud, loud music. And I could hardly hear. My hair was sort of moving. I was just crazy and noisy and hot and sweating and, you know, loving every minute of it. And I said to her, put your hand over here. Your... Which eye? Which I, What a stupid question that was. And I was looking that way. And the other's white. Dumb white boy. But anyway. So, and I laid my hand on it I said, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, sing. The questions running through my head. I'll be honest with you. I was scared of. And at that moment, I took my hand off, and the white was, the yellow was white, and the eye went pop! Well, and she was looking at me. Well, uh, well, she didn't know. Well. She'd been hidden. Well. Because your eyes dead. So, what I did is I, I just walked up to her and put my hand over her good eye, and she just exploded. Wow. Well, and, well. so, and I went back to, her, I'm the man. <laughs> <laughs> I was humbled by that moment, and that, that was one of the things. When I this scripture becomes so important. This has got nothing about wisdom. This has got nothing about capability. This is about, he's saying about the grace of God, yeah, the yeah, love of absolutely. God, the yeah. mercy of God. Oh, yeah. And he wants you and I to yeah. administer that in whatever, reaching people who don't know Jesus Christ, even though they may reject you. But have a heart to love people and care for people yes. and reaching them. We prayed for a girl, and this is my last story, in Adelaide. Who came to us on a Sunday night. It was a street kid. Julie can validate this. And she'd just come from the doctors the the week earlier, eye specialist. She was 15 years old with three kids. And she was crying. She said, Pastor, Mark, I'm going to go blind. The retinas were detaching, and there was nothing they could do. And so, 15 years old, three kids, street kids, you know, living on the street, we're helping out with this kid. And so we just prayed for her. And then nothing happened. Anyway, the pastor that week gives me a call. He says, I was at the mall the other day. And right across from the other side of the mall, this kid comes running screaming, I'm healed! I'm healed! I, I can see! Praise God. Uh, Praise up. God. You know what? Did she ever come to Jesus? Don't know. We never saw her again. But you know what? It's not about how many notches we have on our gun belt, it's about availability to bring that gift at that moment for that person and then entrust them to Jesus. Excellent. And that's my encouragement. Excellent. That's great. Yeah. Just getting on. John 14, 12. Anyone who believes it. Not only do things Jesus did, but the Yes. things. Some of you have a heart for the lost. Some of you have a heart cross-culturally. Take risk. Take courage. Be bold. You know what happened when persecution came to the apostles? Quick, let's, let's have a committee meeting. No. <laughs> they prayed. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. We live in a time where oppression is around us. Yes. Please Stand. Yes. Power of the Spirit Lord. Jesus has actually promised us. Step up and Wonderful. be Jesus to one word. Amen? Amen. Yeah, amen? amen. Yeah. Thank you. I love stories. I like experience when I'm in the side of a hill and I'm not happy and I'm missing my wife and the mosquitoes are lousy and the water's lousy and it's like 1, per cent, a thousand degrees percent percent humidity and I'm s i God seems to open the doors for stories and you meet real people there's a whole world of people out there that no one knows their name but jesus does yes yeah. yeah. you might be sitting here and you think no one knows me but jesus does. and so if you're not a believer i don't know anyone here if you're not a christian you know how to start through simply saying jesus i'm going to give you me as i am today i'm not going to try and do self-improvement i'm going to give you me I'm going to offer you me as I am and I'm going to trust you to do what you said you're going to do and change me. Be the person that you created. Okay, and I'll surrender myself to you. And it starts there. So, you know, we're going to close with a song, yeah? As we do, let's do that. Let's, you know, maybe recommit ourselves to the mission. Your mission. Maybe you don't have a mission. Ask Jesus. But who would you like me to just?